Kami, play We're All Yankovics. Playing We're All Yankovics theme song. Welcome back to We're All Yankovics. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Charlie. Hey, hey, Steve. Uh, how's it been? It's been good. What, good. What, what are we doing today? We are talking about France. Ooh, France. Yeah. Cool. I've always wanted to go there. Change of change of pace for us. I brought on the most French person I knew. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, Michael Hunter from the Yeah, Monsieur Michael Hunter. Would it be Michelle? It's Michel Hunter. Michel. Oh, yes. He's like, Michel Hunter. My name is Miguel oh, Hunter. Wait, wait, that's Spanish. Um, Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. There must have been a communication error. Oh, man. So we're talking about Spain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, talking about br- we're talking about Barcelona. <laughs> um, Barcelona. We're a queen podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a queen podcast. <laughs> I'd, I'd be down for that. Heck yeah. Barcelona is a very, you know, underrated song of his. <laughs> oh, yeah. And plus, I've been there. So, like, I, I have a frame of reference. There you go. Excellent. <laughs> hey, speaking of dogs parking, we're talking about genius in France. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Off poodle hat. Yeah. This will be interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what we gave it, but uh, but I, I think we enjoyed it. I just don't think we, I think we were smart enough to realize we didn't know what we needed to know about this. To enjoy yes, it. we gave it a three, by the way, an average. Oh, okay. You have three point five. I gave it a two point five. Oh, okay. Good, good. Yeah. Yes, I'm not a fan, really. <laughs> well, some would say that's good, but I would say that it could be better. Okay. Yes, that's why okay. you're here. You're arguing. Yeah. Yes. Last time I came on here and I was talking about how how much you praised eBay and how you got to bur- take it back a few <laughs> steps. So now we're gonna take those steps and we're gonna give it to Genius and Friends. <laughs> Good luck on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's it, but honestly, I I genuinely love this song for uh, many reasons. But you know, whenever you're ready, I'll jump so into you, you that. You go yeah. ahead. You you go. got the floor. Tell us why you love this song so very right. much. <clears throat> well, you guys, genius in France. If I if I were going to do some sort of thesis paper about this, my thesis statement would be that genius in France is Al's love child. Like this is like his his entire being of an artist condensed down into probably a passion project that wasn't meant for everyone. Okay. And that's okay. And I and that's why even with like Charlie you giving it a 3.5. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Like I I think 2.5 is a little too low for my for my liking there, Steve. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe hopefully, if I change either one of your numbers, that would be you know a win for me. <laughs> um, so, firstly, bias aside, or actually, you know what? No, I'll just jump into my, some of my bias. Then I guess my my whole thing is that this song I've pretty much memorized, uh, or at the very least, like if I if it plays, I'm gonna let it play for the entire thing. I listened to this song to amp me up. I listened to this song before auditions well okay uh i listen yeah and it's like it's a great like warm-up song 
Um, I really thought he was going to say, I listen to the song to warm me up. I listen to the song to cool me down. I listen to the song cool. when I'm happy. <laughs> I listen to the song when I'm sad. It's just the perfect song. It is For any it, mood. It, it gives you, yeah, it get, for any mood. <laughs> Uh, I listen to it on dates, divorces, uh, <laughs> you know, like it, divorce, <laughs> listen to a jury duty, all of the, all of the good stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, what well, I remember listening to this song for the first time back when I was in middle school, uh, and I was, I was riding a bus. It was like one of the first weird owl songs I had ever heard. Huh. Um, yeah, I uh, weirdly enough, I think the first song I ever heard was Angry White Boy Polka. And then immediately following that was uh, Genius in France, because obviously they're on the same album. Uh-huh. All it did was like the guy skipped a few uh, tracks on his CD. And, you know, here we are. And I was so enamored by that song. The the level of intricacies the the different genre blends and and just the like jumping from genre to genre and then having the different harmonies and the, and the all the instruments and I was sitting there going like man this is this guy's insane yeah who whoever this weird Al Yankovic guy really is putting weird to the test oh wow so this is one of the early Weird Al songs for you yeah exactly and I think that I mean that, so I have to admit that there is definitely some bias there um, yeah but then. Going into my adulthood and actually doing the the Weird Al the Weird Alphabet podcast and 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 really looking into Frank Zappa, now I completely understand. Like now I have a complete full picture on what this song is, what this song represents, and why it was such a magnum opus for Weird Al in many ways. Like I think that a lot of people really love Albuquerque. Because of the fact that, you know, it was, there's a lot of storytelling elements and a lot of really fun, uh, repetitive, you know, lyrics and, and just everybody can just chant along with it. Even if, like, you don't know all the words, everyone knows at least a little bit of the words for Albuquerque, even just saying Albuquerque. But, like, <laughs> if you even listen to Albuquerque and then you listen to um, the same era of Frank Zappa. It's it's Frank Zappa. Like that is Weird Al tapping into that storytelling that Frank Zappa would do even on just the Apostrophe album. Okay. And it's so with with that in mind, he, I bet you that was pretty much like, oh, people really like that. I wonder I wonder if I'm ready to do a a Frank Zappa pastiche. I wonder if I can pull that off. And yeah. it's like I don't know. Have have you guys listened to the Apostrophe album? No. I should. Okay. <laughs> so, I have a shelf in my room that I put all of my very special vinyls. Uh-huh. And the Apostrophe album is amongst Weird Al and Oingo Boingo and a few other ones. Cool. And um it's I would just even if you don't listen to the full album, I highly recommend just listening to the Don't Eat the Yellow Snow Suite, yep. which basically consists of like four songs from that album. Okay. And a lot of that a lot of genius in France can be found in there. Um I mean even even for, you know, for some someone like me who di- like also delved into his college year music, like he actually referenced this song in uh, his song "American Slob," 
where he says, don't eat the purple snow, but obviously like he knew what don't eat the yellow snow oh, was. Oh, wow, cool. Huh. Yeah, and so you I, you can already tell that Frank Zappa had this huge influence on him even then. Right. And um, yeah, I guess a weird segue, but tying into, uh, you know, uh, even Lisa Popeil, whom worked with Frank Zappa, um, she actually did some, uh, she was vocals on a few of, of his albums, if not like, at least one of them. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah, she worked with Frank Zappa um and she she's known for her her voice in uh what is it? Teenage Prostitute, I think. <laughs> okay. huh. Um yeah, I and it's basically the best way I can describe that song is imagine an opera Power Ranger mashup on probably one of the most like the saddest stories of this of this girl who just had to resort to that kind of line of work you know what i mean yeah wow you know it's very difficult music and even lisa popiel was saying that it was very difficult but he but frank was such a a, a genius and also very strict uh that she knew that this this music even though it was all over the place was worth it that this music was saying something that this music meant something and it wasn't it wasn't just oh we're just gonna make silly things just for the sake of silly even though you know darn well that is definitely a part of it but not the full part um and so with that i think that album that she was on came out in was it 73 and i think weird al had to have known about Lisa Popeil, especially at that point, since uh, uh, what her her voice was on Mr. Popeil, which came out on the 3D album that came out a year yeah, later. Yeah. So, uh, with all of that, you know the the fact that Lisa Popeil will like it still goes out of her way to perform these songs whenever she is given the opportunity shows how dedicated she is to Frank Zappa, but also, you know, how, you know, you don't just, you don't just go out of your way to be like, I'm, I'm going to perform this song, I guess. Like it's for old time's sakes. Like, no, Lisa lives for that. Like if you, if you said, Hey Lisa, we're doing a Frank Zappa convention. She would be like, obviously I'm there. Even if I have to just be a guest, I'm going to be there, you know, because that's the, the admiration is there. Um, And Frank and, and Weird Al is no exception. So for him to take the undertaking of making genius in France and to use his skills that he's pretty much mastered up until this point to pull all of those different parts and and even getting Dweezil on to do a guitar solo based that kind of resembles the one from Stinkfoot, the the whole entire project is I don't know like it, it's. Words are escaping me because I'm getting so passionate about it, guys. <laughs> no, it's, you're doing great. That's awesome. I wonder. I wonder if uh, Al talked to Lisa about Frank when she was recording Mr. Popeil. I wonder if that's something Probably. that like was a conversation that they had. Oh, I bet. I I I wouldn't even doubt it for a second. I think that you know, obviously Al knew who she was, but, but even being just related to Ron Popeil, but. <laughs> having that little bit of nugget like you you worked with one of my idols <laughs> like yeah yeah exactly yeah um so i don't know and and even if you just listen to like the 
the suite, as I said, like that's where you're you're gonna find your great googly moogly. Yeah. That's where you're going to find your wee wee. That's where you're gonna find your you know singing along with uh, an instrument, even though the instrument is already playing. Like, <laughs> there's there is no need to do it, Frank. You you have the instrument playing, but you're gonna do it anyway. Um, <laughs> awesome. You know, that's that's where you're going to find all that. Or even like having a laugh on the track that's not really meant to be there, but works because it just shows how how much of a free spirit and how kind of like uh, improv like that, that live energy kind of is supposed to make you feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just like adds to that. that and checks in the mail. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, or it ha- like there's a song in that suite called St. Alfonso's Pancake Breakfast. <laughs> Okay. And in that song, there it, it's it's so crazy upbeat, and it has those transitions that you would hear within Genius in France. So a lot of that, like like and you know, and you have all like all of those types of uh, like the the court like the organ and that that those types of sounds. That's all encompassed in there. Huh. Um, it's. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain it when you guys haven't listened to it. Um, right. I, I I need to listen to that. I'll probably appreciate it more. And I should probably also say this too. Like for anybody at home who thinks that Michael Hunter is a Frank Zappa expert, I am not. <laughs> uh, I am not an expert. I do not. I do not have a vast memory of uh, all of Frank Zappa's works. I will say though that that man knew funk better than most people. Uh, and that he was, he's one of those artists that does a lot of different genres that, you know, just because he could, even though he did make some weird way out there choices. Like I think what that, that one album where he, he got like a, a, like a mentally unstable person to do like an entire album. And he was just like, we're doing this. We're going to put this, we're going to release it, make money, but like, not for like, you know, evil purposes but just for the or selfish purposes but literally to get this guy's weird sounds out there because like this is this is the next level type of thing oh wow yeah um okay what was that i think that needs a little more explaining (laughs) hold on hold on well now i gotta i gotta find this hold on (laughs) you can't just gloss over that that? what um uh, no no we our our basic knowledge huh? was he was his bands was the mothers of invention and uh, that he also did a song about a guy who sold suits that was very similar like that was the take you know the 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 song that he did was based was inspired by a guy who then inspired Al's uh, suit song King of Suede yeah yeah all right so Wild Man Fisher he. He did uh, this album with Frank Zappa um, called An Evening with Wild Man Fisher. Okay. And if you listen to that, like, I, I even just looking at it on, on uh, Wikipedia, it's like uh, Fisher was on medication and acting as a street performer in Hollywood for a nickel or a dime. He would offer a new kind of song to passersby as an acapella performance. And this led him to becoming an opening act for the birds. Bo Diddley and Iron Butterfly, but huh. the thing the, the thing is is that eventually he was noticed by Frank Zappa, and he was like, you know, I knew from the first day I met him that someone should make an album about Wild, Wild Man Fisher, and that was kind of his his project was to give Wild Man Fisher this 
professionally produced album. And man, is it something. That is an album that's like all over the dang place. And like that's that's what I would define as being out there. Um, but I digress. Like the man, Frank Zappa, what like had an ear for the the absurd that when when you lay it all out, it it's like no one would make sense of it. But he had that ear that could piece all of the things together and be like, well, now it's music. And you listen to it and you're like, I don't get it. Listen to it again. Listen to it again. I still don't get it. Listen to it again. <laughs> and then oh. finally, you like it's like fine art in many ways. It's like, look, look beyond the paint. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? It's It's that type of thing. And again, I'm not a Frank Zappa expert. I only have this this respect for him, and I also know that Weird Al definitely latched onto that comedy from from Frank Zappa because there's a song uh, again. The only other Frank Zappa album that I own is uh, "Let Me Take You to the Beach," and that song is when I heard it for the first time. It was it was well before the Weird Alphabet, and I listened to this. I was like, "Who? What is this?" And the the whole song is like, let me take you to the beach. Na, 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 na. And then like, it goes through a bunch of different things like, oh, like talking about going to the beach. And then finally it's like, let's leave the beach. And then let me take you to the beach again. La, la, la. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's so, it's so all over the place. But it's like that comedy that's like, you wouldn't hear this anywhere else. You like no one else was really going to be playing a song like this unless it was like novelty comedy. And in many ways, Frank Zappa was trying to uh, allow people to see that comedy had a place in music while also showing that music is something more than just a repetitive beat. It's something more than just telling a story. It's about creating creating an experience that is very much like life, not meant to be sequential. Like there's a line from one of Frank Zappa's songs that is spoken by the poodle, if I'm not mistaken, um, from uh, Stinkfoot. And I believe the, the lyric is, what is your conceptual continuity? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and exactly. And, and when the dog asks this this man in the song like uh you know what what is your conceptual continuity he goes like uh it, uh what <laughs> it, it doesn't you can't i won't it don't it, it hasn't it isn't it ain't it shouldn't it couldn't like go like breaking down into like some dr seuss like breaking down your whole entire barriers type of thing like when the grinch is is seeing that Th- that Christmas is more than just gifts. Yeah. And it's like that whole entire thing of like, what is your concept of reality? What is your concept of what, how things are supposed to play out? And it's not that at all. <laughs> it's everything wow. you know is wrong. It's uh. all of these things that Weird Al would probably hook into and go, oh yeah, this is great. Yeah. And of course, we we know it's a poodle because the poodle then bites his stink foot. I think. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder yeah. if that's why. You know, as it I does. wonder if that's why the album is called Poodle F- Hat. Maybe. I think so. 
I think so. I think besides the fact that, you know, Weird Al just loves poodles, I'm wondering if this love of poodles spawned from Frank Zappa. Like, I think Frank Zappa had uh, deeper hooks into Weird Al's psyche than most people want to give credit Interesting, to. Interesting, yeah. Probably. Um, even, 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 like, Nathan Rabin's book, as much as... I mean, the book is fantastic, and I have nothing, to, nothing against uh, either of his books that he made about Weird Al, but... You know, I it, I was I was looking to that being like, does he cover a lot more of this like this deep rooted love that Weird Al has for Frank Zappa and like what Frank Zappa was trying to bring to the table? And you know, I feel like Weird Al in a way has because he made comedy music more than just a slapstick type of like, oh, you know, waka waka, it's a comedy. Yeah. You know, don't take me seriously. But then here we are. Here's Weird Al winning awards for his album. Yeah. People people love his people love comedy music and it's ushered in this entire new generation of of what is comedy music. So I don't so know. There. So That's, so you said so yeah. Weird Al's done uh Zappa good is what you're saying. Like he, he <laughs> Oh yeah. Represents. <laughs> oh yeah. I I I think so. And I think that the only downside of that song is the fact that it, it'll never be able to be played in concert. Yeah. yeah. Or at least not not without it being like the sole focus of the concert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We I talked mean, about that on our yeah. previous episode of, about how um, uh, Bermuda has talked about how it's it's there's so many little bits to it that that couldn't be done because some of you know so many effects to Al's voice for like two seconds randomly yeah. and and so just too much stuff too many time changes too much stuff that it's almost never going to be played in concert yeah he said next to impossible yeah and you know oh oh this is another okay. thing okay so another thing that weird al uh has in common with frank zappa as as lisa had mentioned as i already talked about uh that frank zappa was very strict he was very yes. strict about what he wanted because he had a vision and he knew what the vision wasn't. Oh, wow. So if yeah. you didn't give him what he needed, he was going to come at yeah. you. But he was, of course, like, you know, caring and all that. Like, you knew that it was just the passion of behind the project that was fueling it. But, you know, so it takes a very specific person to deal with that. But think about Weird Al's career as well. I think what Off the Deep End was, was it the last album that he did with... um uh, what with what's his name? Um, Derringer. Yes, exactly. Like, and and the reasoning being was because Al was becoming more and more focused on the minute details. He was being more picky. He was being yeah. more, uh, you know, a, a perfectionist, being more strict. Yeah, yeah. And I know for a fact, like from me being a, like a an aspiring musician in many ways knowing that if I can't do a song the way that I want to be able to present my song in a way that like I, I will be happy with it. I won't even touch it. I won't even acknowledge it. Like I, <laughs> if I can't do this song, right, I won't do it at oh, all. Wow, cool. And with, with genius in France, it, it's definitely like, I, it's between that and, and uh, you know, hardware store you know what i mean like those songs like with from for weird al's mindset i bet you he goes i can't do that live properly so yeah. i'm not going to do it yeah. at all because i know darn well that if i don't if i do it and i'm not happy with it it's gonna it's gonna ruin the the song yeah. for me or it's going to it's gonna put a little bit of a, a sour taste in my mouth that i'm not going to be able to forget okay yeah 
So yeah, yeah. Well, and, yeah totally. And yeah. so we're we're just we got to be happy with the fact that he does Albuquerque in concert once in a while. Like like the fact right. that he does yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. if only there was more to Jackson Park Express that he couldn't do in concert, it would be no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we use yeah. less of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, so, yeah, no. so that, I mean, you definitely are very passionate about this. Um, I think, I think at least for me, that was part of it was like, I gave it a 3.5 because I was like, I, I know this is probably this amazing thing. I just cannot see it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have the depth, the, the history, the, you know, like all this stuff to make this song make Mm -hmm. any sense to me. And so therefore, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting that Al's doing this really, really well. I just have no idea whether he is or not. And I have no appreciation for that. So that's where, so my, that's where my 3.5 came from. Yeah. I, I have to feel that some people who haven't listened to like smile don't understand pancreas. And so that's the way we, we compared Mm. it was like, we understand late beach boys and understand Brian Wilson's later half of his career and have listened to that stuff and understand how spot on this is. But Frank Zappa, no, there's, there's no way. That's exactly it for us. I, neither one of us like can really get into Zappa. It's just too weird for us, and just like we just don't get it. I mean, just it's just not for us. And like, that's definitely how I feel. It's like I get that how spot on Al is and how great it is and how perfect it is to Zappa. I give him more credit than you know. I give him a lot of credit for that. And I probably should have gone a little bit higher on my score. It's just I can't listen to it. I try every time I try and go back and listen to some Zappa. I'm like 30, 40 seconds in. I'm like, yeah, I can't. I just it's just not for me. It's just not my thing. It doesn't speak to me. So I just stop. I'm like, okay, I can't. But I know Al did it well, and I, I probably should give it like a three just to like, based on his, you know, nailing it. <laughs> but it's just not mm-hmm. my thing. I can't do it. No matter how hard I try, I cannot get into Zappa. That's it. Hey, Steve, it sounds like uh, it's time for an apology. Wasn't that it? Oh, I, I guess I didn't officially start with it. I'm sorry. No. Yet. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm sorry that we didn't start the music earlier. <laughs> and I have to repeat myself for my apology. I apologize that Frank Zappa just doesn't do it for me, and I, I couldn't fully appreciate the genius of Al, not just in France, but in the world. He's a genius in Earth. <laughs> and I should appreciate that more, but I just can't. Sorry. That's okay, that Steve. Good? That's good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Well, I, cool. <laughs> I think you were semi-successful there, Mike. Uh, Steve wanted yes. to bump his up a little bit. I, I still think it's where I am because I, I had already, I had already gifted Al uh, a couple of points, knowing that Al is <laughs> Al and is always amazing. I just can't can't get more than that because I I just I don't have the reference points. Yeah, I'll bump mine up to a three point five, agreeing with Charlie. I went too low. That was a so full point too. Okay. That, wow, that's yeah, full wow. point up. All right, you know I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> yeah. it. That's you all know, you're I, getting. I, I might even myself, and I'll be. I mean, I'll be honest too. Like I, I would put this at like a four out of five yeah. because of yeah, because like the a big part of it is being able to also attach yourself to the lyrics, uh-huh. right? Frank Zappa had a very a very great way of of narrating the story that you know you're, you know there you're kind of. If you even half pay attention, you'll understand some of it. And with this, 
like you, as you said, like there's just so much going on that it almost, it's like you're trying to binge watch like a history lesson all yeah. in once. Like, like, and, and I completely get that. Um, but also again, with my personal bias, but bumps it up a little bit past the 3.5, uh, and because also it, it ties into my freshman year of high school because, I, since I love that song, I was going from like a private middle school to a public high school because the middle school I was going to was absolutely like just it, it was toxic. It was very toxic. And uh, the my the lyric that I held on to was, and I'm never going back. <laughs> I'm never going back. Never, yeah. never, never going back home again. And. It's because, like, you know, at this point, it's a it's a, a song about new beginnings. It's a song about, you know, breaking boundaries of your own, you know, what other people define you. Like, let, you know, like, allow yourself to break f- away from the norm and go somewhere else and get a fresh opinion. Because who knows? Maybe people will have a fresher opinion about you. Mm. Yeah. So, so deep. So that's where my four goes. You're not supposed to be the deep guy. <laughs> that's That's the other one. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the other that's <laughs> true. <laughs> you get to branch out that's on our podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's cool. And and I, it just blows my mind that this is the second Weird Al song you ever heard. Like, I just, I can't even comprehend yeah. what that would mean. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. That's so outside the box and so strange and weird. And and to appreciate it without even knowing Zappa enough that much. You know, like that's really cool. That's really yeah. cool. Kudos to you, Mike. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, speaking <laughs> of which, uh, got anything you want to plug? Oh, yes, absolutely. I have a lot of stuff to plug. Okay. Um, there's this other Weird Al podcast that we do. <laughs> you do another one, well, too? Yeah, the Weird Alphabet. Yeah, we got, we're starting a, a third one. It's called something Weird Al, Weird Al, talk about Star Wars for two hours. <laughs> um, so that sounds great. <laughs> Everything that everyone loved about Weird Alphabet in now like a two-hour format. No. Um, <laughs> Wait, it's not already David a two-hour format? That. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, some of them. Oy. But uh, realistically, you guys, we David and I have started another podcast. Uh, we're talking about all of the Homestar Runner cartoons, the Flash cartoons from that awesome site from uh, the, the early thousands. Wow. Uh, we're It's called Come On Fahugwapods, which... I don't expect you guys to know how to spell Fahugwapods. <laughs> nope. But it's F H Q W H P O D S. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so uh that and that's just straight out of out of uh Homestar Runners, straight out of Strong Bad Emails. Yep. Yep. Uh, so if you like Trogdor, all that fun stuff, uh take a look at that. Uh I actually listened to the first two episodes of your uh, new podcast and uh it was enjoyable. Oh, thank you. I didn't I only know strong bad. Like, like that's the only thing. Like I would go to that site and I'd go straight to the emails and that's it. I, I rarely explored anything else except for maybe like the song that was done by their video for the song that was done by they might be giants or something. Um, so uh, like, experimental film. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But for the most part, it was all strong bad. So like, yeah, that first episode where they're doing stuff in Mario paint, and it's just nuts. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I appreciate what you said about like, it is neat to see that songs were part of their pod, part of their whole genre at the very beginning, because mm-hmm. they definitely feel like they get into songs 
at, at the point and you're like, well, this is a little strange, but, but the fact that it was always there makes it really a much stronger, like theme to their, to their stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, uh, the chap brothers, the Chapman brothers, uh, the brothers chap as they're, they're also nicknamed. Um, they have influenced a lot of the adult TV cartoons that we see now, as well as just, you know, cartoons in general, like, uh, they worked on gravity falls. So for everyone who is like head over heels for gravity falls, you can thank in part Matt Chapman for that because he brought in that, 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 that writing. Uh, and I think even voiced, uh, one, a character or two, but you know, music alone, like they just dropped like three volumes of the music that came from their website. Um, all on iTunes and Spotify, so you can like stream it pretty much anywhere. Um, and it's it was a nostalgia trip, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. So if anybody really loves them, feel free to check out our show and listen to their music. And you know, we'd love to have you guys on sometime too, because if you know, because that's the thing, uh, Alexa. David's wife has never seen any of the cartoons <laughs> at all. Yeah, that was a fun part too. <laughs> yeah, so having her watch them for the first time, it's kind of like, you know, getting those fresh takes and, you know, sure she may call Bubs French Aquaman, but you know, it's <laughs> it's what it is, you know. It's it's all part of the learning uh the learning journey with Alexa. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you get to the, when you get the strong bads emails, let us know. Or let me know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, very cool. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mike, for joining us. Uh, the Weird Al fans uh, also know where to, where to find us. We're all Yankovics at Facebook or uh, Twitter or Instagram. Uh, all those places. You can call the Weird Line at 302-72-WEIRD. Uh, leave comments and uh, complaints, I guess. I don't I don't know. <laughs> complaints? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> Any interaction is good interaction, right? Uh Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. And uh, go listen to, to Mike's other podcasts because uh, they're always fun and they always give you something to listen to while you're stuck at home for long periods of time with nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. And uh, goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 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 Say, would you pass the gray coupon? Merci beaucoup. Ruby wants to be a part of this podcast. Hey, hey, there's only one song that Weird Al has with a poodle barking in the middle of it. I'm getting in on this. <laughs> there you go. You want to be on the podcast, Ruby? You want to be on the podcast? <laughs> That's oh, funny. Okay, okay, what do you have to say? This is hysterical. And this is called We're All Dog Lovers. <laughs>